At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We begin our number two betting across America. I am Dave Ross. He is Wes Reynolds. This is presented by MGM. We are live here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. And oh my goodness, as we were having a great conversation about the Brooklyn Nets, you look up and Rock Chalk Jayhawk is taking command of this second half against Miami. Miami, by the way, had a six point halftime lead. Mm -hmm. The second half number was Kansas four and a half. Uh, That's looking real good right now. And pre flop, that was down to about five and a half. Now look at the in game. Eight and a half for KU, and the total has come down a little bit, 137 and a half, because Miami, and you know, you and I talked about it off air. Miami's really good. They're not a good enough basketball team yeah. to turn it over in volume. Yeah, they've and, got a few already in the second half. And they're leading to transition buckets by KU, breakouts, runouts, uh, easy baskets. So sometimes those turnovers, it's how the turnovers happen. Uh, these are live ball turnovers that are leaving, uh, leading to easy points for Rock Chalk, and right now, uh, Kansas looking pretty good. Well, here's what's happening is uh, D-Mac is very much engaged, and I just tweeted that out. David McCormack, their seven-footer, six of seven, 15 points, and four had a nice putback and an one a couple minutes ago. 49 to 42, he's engaged. Miami's very much in trouble because that was the whole thing. Miami wanted to take him out of the game and have him pick up a couple fouls, you know, because they run that. They don't have the size to compete with them, so they run that five-out, zoom, cut, get McCormick to kind of guard ball screens at the top, maybe pick up some fouls, mm-hmm. only has picked up one. So now 49-42, under 12-minute timeout here in the second half. KU at BetMGM, minus 8.5, minus buck twenty-five to go along with that. 137.5 on the total, so it has slowed a little bit. If you bet the uh, pre-flop over, I think it was like 144.5, 145 KU 
four, minus 14 on the money line, plus $7 for Miami. All right, back at the WGC at the uh, Del Play match play. And again, this is the final round. Kevin Kisner is going mano a mano against Scotty Scheffler. And right now, the Bulldog from Georgia is up against it a little bit early here, fourth hole. He's down one. I just missed his birdie attempt. So Scotty Scheffler is going to have a putt to go two up. Right now, the live number I'm seeing. Kisner's over $2 mm-hmm. right now uh, to come back and win this match. I'd never count him out. The other matchup, and I mentioned as we were going to break, Corey Connors, the Canadian. DJ's ready to hit downtown with Paulina tonight, downtown Austin. You can <laughs> you, are tell. Are you saying the big fella is just mailing this in? He kind of can do that a little bit. You know, I was at the Players' Championship, what I thought was a buy sign was he was obviously out of the event. And then he went out and shot 63 at Sawgrass. Man. So I was like, okay, buy sign and used him for the Valspar part of my card last week. Played okay, but never was really in contention. And then, of course, now the worst he can do is finish fourth out of a 64-man field here at the Dell match play. I still think there's a buy sign, but I think losing that match because he got five down to Scotty Scheffler early in that match. And then on the back nine, Scotty was kind of starting to slip a little mm-hmm. bit. And DJ got let back in the match. And he got it. I think, what was he on the back nine? He was five down after 11 holes. And then DJ makes four straight birdies, gets it to one down, and then... Scotty Scheffler wins the uh, hole on 16 and then wins three and one. He's now two up through four. But Uh-oh. yeah, DJ right now plus 650 against Corey Connors. Corey Connors minus $11. I believe Connors is three up through five. So uh, he and Paulina are going on the boat if you check the gram for uh, Paulina Gretzky's Instagram. Not that I've ever done that. Oh. But uh, yeah, he's ready to go on the boat or he's ready to go to downtown Austin. Corey Connors all over him early. And again, uh, we mentioned Scotty Scheffler and I said something to you. Um, during a break here, the problem with, I took Kevin Kisner, who is now down two uh, through four. He won't give in, though. He won't. And the, the Bulldog will be there. He's now a $4 ticket you could get him at right now if you do like Kevin Kisner to try to come back in this thing. The problem is Scotty Scheffler makes every big putt, mm-hmm. and he just made another big putt. And by the way, we got another potential boat race going speaking on. Speaking of making something Holy big, Ochai Agbaji with the three off, a, uh, off the rebound there. 54 to 42 timeout on the floor here in the UC in Chicago, 10, 14 left to go. Up Miami's 12. starting to pick up some fouls too. And they don't have zip uh, depth. Sam Wardenberg, by the way, who was so good on Friday, mm-hmm. four fouls, Miller with three fouls. Uh, you know, they're starting to get a little foul trouble. This is not a team that really has a lot of depth. And sometimes depth can be overrated by mm-hmm. the way, in the NCAA tournament. If you look at these teams, they're not playing 10 guys. This is not the NBA where you play an entire second unit. You are playing six, seven, eight guys. Look, Villanova's playing six guys, and, you know, Justin Moore hurt his knee. Colin Gillespie was limping. You know, no problem, though. They were able to get it done over a very good Houston team, but these teams are are, are playing less guys, but depth is going to matter in a game like this, especially when you're down that Ogbaji three really felt like a backbreaker. That did, and again, I have Miami plus five and a half, but I do have Kansas two to one to get to the final four, so it's kind of a hedge play yeah, there. Yeah. A little bit was trying to get that middle scenario here, but it's hey, not looking good. I, I felt good. Hey, at you know time. what? Two to one to make the final four and a loss here at minus one ten. That's still profit. That's what we're always I'll take trying to point do. Point nine units every damn time. That's on what something. we're trying to do is find profit and try to find those middle scenarios that you might have found here with Kansas in the second half because that is looking like a great play on your point as they were laying four and a half. Uh, at halftime, now they are up 12 for the game. And the problem here for Miami is, well, by the way, they haven't scored in three and a half minutes. That's never good. But you, you just wonder, they're going too fast, for my liking, against Kansas, who wants to get out and run. And they're getting those easy transition points. So now this this run is 16-2 to 2 
over the last six minutes. So Kansas is getting theirs, and they're stopping Miami the other end. And again, I love Miami's guard play, but they just turned it over way too much to give mm-hmm. up those easy points here to begin the second half. So I don't know what was said at halftime by Bill, Bill Self, but it's working as they're up 12 with nine minutes. It's a funny tweet from a guest we had on a couple weeks ago. That being as Eric Haslam at Haslam metrics on Twitter said, Charlie Moore should transfer. <laughs> He's already done it four times. Why, Why not? not one more uh, 10 point game here. 54 44 here as Miami's going to try to sneak their way back into this thing. But uh, nine minutes to go in regulation. Let's see if there's one more run in there for Miami. Certainly for those uh, hurricane backers like myself, Getting those five and a half, you'd like to at least see them get inside that number. Uh, back to the match play very quickly, and, and we will talk about St. Peter's in North Carolina when we come back. I, is there any in-game opportunities? Because remember, Dustin Johnson was down five mm-hmm. in, in the semifinal match and came all the way back against Scotty Scheffler to get it to one. Yeah, He won four straight holes. Or do you think this is a checkout? Yeah, let's, uh, yeah, let's talk that's to the hard hotel. to do now because you've already played 18 holes, and now you got to play 18 more. It's the consolation match. So do the world ranking points mean that much right. in the difference between third and fourth? Uh, yeah, and I think Corey Connors, this is a big thing for a guy like Corey Connors. Only won a couple times out on the PGA Tour. One of the best ball strikers out there, but not one of the better putters. That's why I laughed when one of the broadcasters said, oh, he's been a pretty solid putter. I'm like, what What tour have you been watching? <laughs> I have had him before, and, and he will miss putts like nobody's business, and he'll lose strokes game putting. But Corey Connors has been a good match play player. I, I brought up earlier the fact that, look, this was a guy that, by the way, made the finals or the semifinals rather at the U.S. Amateur twice, uh, the Canadian player, 30 years old, and he made the U.S. Amateur semifinals twice. So that's a match play format at stroke play. And then you get into like a bracket format and it goes to match play. So he is very capable and probably also wants to make his case to be a part of the international team for the President's Cup later this year. So this is a big match, I think, for Corey Connors. When you get a big gun, when you're playing a DJ, when you're playing a Rom, when you're playing a Thomas or a Speed, you want to beat those guys because yeah. that's how you measure. You measure yourself against the best players. So I $7, I know, looks attractive, and it's very early in the match, only five holes, but not for me. I think in the Miami-Kansas game, I think Wardenberg just fouled out. And not only did he just foul out with eight minutes to go in an 11-point game, he fouled out. Fouling a three-point shooter. I yeah. mean, the worst possible way. Yeah, this is this is not good for Miami, by the way, because uh, they they're, they're not a very big team oh, to boy. begin with. And yeah, just uh, it was oh, late, boy. and he got into his body. You know, well oh. after the shot, Sam Wardenberg's going to foul points. out with five points. He had Ooh. such a good game, by the way, on Friday night against Iowa State. Uh, had uh, 13 points and I believe eight rebounds, and now. He's going to have to go to the bench. This is not a Miami team that has a lot of size anyway. He is the biggest guy, and they have Anthony Walker, 6'9", off the bench, who played 10 minutes against Iowa State. But if you look, Miami basically starts four guards, right? essentially. So they are very, very small. So if you're Bill Self and KU, it's like, okay, throw it in a D-Mac every time. He's not in foul trouble. He's only got one personal foul, 15 points, four rebounds. I'd run them through the post, and if they double him, which they're probably going to do, that's going to be able to get open shooters with uh, Agbaji and Braun and also uh, Martin. Kansas not shooting the ball well from the three, three of 11, but maybe water finds its level. They're certainly going to get open looks because yep. I got to think Miami is going to double DMAC in the post. Well, right now, shooting three, uh, the first one is good for Kansas, so they've got a chance to make this a rather uh, large working margin up 12 right now. One more free throw to go. 
8-11 to in regulation. Uh, very quickly, you mentioned that we're going to have Peter Keating coming up this hour. We're going to have Rex Hoggard of Golf Channel coming up in the last hour. You know, one of our uh, producers here, Brian Ortega, is rolling around in a tuxedo. And you go, why? Why in the world would you come in on a Sunday in a tuxedo? And I don't get into this stuff, but I know you do, and I know Brian does. Oscar day? It is Oscar night uh, out in Los Angeles. Uh, so Brian Ortega is red carpet ready. Uh, I think we're going to have him come out here and talk a little Oscars, give you a little preview because, by the way, you can bet on this you stuff. Uh, and there are prices out there. Now, a lot of them have been beaten into place because of award season. And we'll ask Brian, too, okay. about award season, you know, how much that plays into a factor, you know, the BAFTAs and the Golden Globes and all that stuff leading up into Oscar weekend, which we have. So uh, looking forward for a little change of pace. We'll get into that uh, once that second game, St. Peter's, North Carolina starts. The reason why I bring up his outfit, because he does look dapper in studio today, um, is I was out with our director, Jeremy Wingle, last night, and I just look over, and, you know, we're just having a nice time, and he just starts laughing. I mean, what's what's so funny? And he goes, oh, your shoes, they kind of match your age. I thought that was just. What were you wearing? Uh, rock parts or nice, hay bands? I, I had some nice loafers hay bands. On. That used to be the uh, the Velcro shoes that my I got dad. Shoe my dad used to get the VFW magazine or the American Legion magazine, and it was always be hay bands. Those like Velcro shoes. Was that what you were wearing last night? I'm not going to confirm or deny what I was wearing. <laughs> I will just say that I got shoe shamed, and I didn't appreciate it. We were having a lovely time, and then all of a sudden, I just see that laugh and that snicker, and I thought, "What the hell's going on here?" So I don't know if I'll ever be wearing those again. When we come back, we are going to break down St. Peter's. If Miami can't get it done, can the Peacocks be the dog of the day? Come on back. It's Vison, the Sports Betting Man. This is Betting Across America on Vison, the Sports Betting Network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today. Stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Dave Ross, Wes Reynolds, this is Betting Across America. Not good news if you're a Miami hurricane backer today. It's kind of getting desperate here, really desperate. Six and a half minutes to go here, 61-46. Kansas is just thwarting everything Miami's trying to do here in the second half of this game, turning a six-point halftime deficit into a 15-point lead. I didn't see this coming. Maybe KU covering, but not in a blowout fashion. Yeah, yeah it looks like uh, my my in-game, or my second half, rather, wow. the lay in the four is going to be safe here. But we'll see if Miami can make a run. Look, uh, KU, it looked like they were going to put Providence away on right. Friday, and they couldn't do it. But, man, you just don't see the same energy right now out of Miami that you see out of Providence. And that's why you don't see double-digit seeds make the nope. Final Four very often because the energy just gets sapped, and you get up against it. You punch a team, you're feeling good, and they punch back, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, do we have anything left in the tank here? 62 to 46, Kansas at the foul line. KU minus 16 and a half, wow. 135 and a half. 
KU uh, here in the second half. Uh, what was that halftime score, by the way? Just to, uh, It was 35-29. Yeah. KU 33-11 to right now Ooh. as uh, March Mitch Lightfoot here uh, always kind of comes through in March. A guy off the bench, doesn't really do a lot statistically, but always some kind of somehow comes up with a big play, and he hits two there. Now KU up 17. KU shooting 47%. Wow. Miami shooting 39%. Neither team really shooting well from the line. And Kansas, quite frankly, has left a lot of points at the foul line. They really 12 have. to 22. So you can just see Miami's really get hell of a run, but they're getting up against it here. Yep. I, I don't know if I see one coming back, I'm afraid, if you're a hurricane backer. Don't see it either. Let's wonder now. It, it, really, it's going to be about the total what it looks like because it looks and, like the side and, is and it's be looking done. like it's going to go way under because I don't know if KU going to be in a hurry. And you see that stat there. Miami 0-9 for the second half from three-point range. They were 3 of 8 in the first half. Tired legs. You know, they made that run, and it's like, okay, they did it without Charlie Moore as uh, March Mitch Lightfoot with another layup there. Now 19-point lead. Uh, This. If I had, if I brought the captain's hat today, this could be boat race alert time and uh, sound the siren. Uh, By the way, I did not. In the match play uh, final, Kevin Kisner had about a three and a half footer. Mm -hmm. Closed the gap to one, missed it. And by the way, in this match with such high stakes, with Scotty Scheffler trying to become the number one player in the world, he's not giving conceding you anything. No, and again, I mean it could be an eighteen-inch putt. I'm not telling you to pick that up. You got to make it. So, again, uh, there was an opening there. And, and I believe Scheffler hit it off the tree and it bounced back into, into the, the fairway. fairway. Oh, boy. Yeah, when, a- when you're getting those breaks, man. It's Whew. still very early in this match, though, here, I believe. Uh, what is it, two up through five? Uh, and, yeah, they're on the 6T right now. Scotty Scheffler, two up through five. If there is a guy, though, that can kind of let a three-and-a-half-footer not bother him, it's Kevin Kisner. He mm-hmm. has a way of turning this mm-hmm. around. And he no, did just hit his drive. Grinding. He just yep. striped one right down the middle. So he's back in play here, but he is down two as they play the six hole. But so much golf to go. But you don't want to give away too many holes early and have this monumental deficit like Dustin Johnson had against uh, Scotty Scheffler. He could not come all the way back. And meanwhile, the other match, Corey Connors is up four through mm-hmm. six on mm-hmm. Dustin Johnson. I mean, this this white flag might get waved early in this uh, semifinal yeah, match. Yeah, you just got to think, okay, you're wearing down, playing uh, the second of 18 holes a day because, of course, the uh, semifinals early on, and now they do play that third-place match. And, and that third-place match always kind of gets ignored here, but mm-hmm. it does matter for world ranking it points, does. and it very much matters for Corey Connors as well. Now, Connors already in the Masters, but... Also, the fact that, you know, you want to knock off Dustin Johnson. Oh. And just when we write his obituary, oh, though, I, a nice breaker yeah, off Dustin the Johnson. green. Boom. And and even if DJ gets beat bad in this match, I still think, obviously, for the Masters, and I want to get Rex Hoggard's opinion mm-hmm. next hour in terms of the confirmation, I, I, I he looks like he's getting into shape to, you know, win a big tournament here very, very soon. So DJ gets one back there, but he's still three down through seven. But again, maybe some life. From Dustin Johnson. All right, let's get to St. Peter's against North Carolina because this is the second game of the day for all intents and purposes. Uh, KU up 19, by the way, five minutes gun regulation. So really just the, the total still in jeopardy, but it looks like it's going to play to Kansas in the under. What about St. Peter's? And I wonder if there's a blueprint that we just saw from this Miami game, which would be the dog of the day might have 20 minutes in them, mm-hmm. but they might not have 40. Would you think about playing St. Peter's, by the way, eight and a half, the total uh, there, I don't believe that is accurate. Let's see what the total is for this game. Uh, One thirty-seven and a half. Um, I wonder if you think about St. Peter's first half and that they can hang with Carolina for twenty, but maybe not mm-hmm. the full forty. 
I think, look, I think that that could be right. I did not bet the side here, by the way. I did bet the total. I went over 136.5. I think it reached an apex of about 39 or 39.5. There was a little bit of buyback today. So looking for the current number, pretty much 38. It's 37.5 here at Bedham Gym, but by and large, 38 or 38.5 in the market. And what I kind of see is North Carolina having enough distance Mm -hmm. with St. Peter's where it's like, okay, you know, maybe we give them some buckets here. We don't have the sense of urgency because we know we're better than these guys and we know that we're more talented than these guys. St. Peter's, of course, the defensive numbers were obviously even very good even before they upset Kentucky. They were like top 50 in the nation. And it's like you don't see a team in, a, in, in that conference that's a 15 seed with those kind of defensive numbers very often. So it wasn't necessarily a surprise that they kind of kept it within reason against Kentucky. Obviously mm-hmm. a shocker that, that they beat them because I thought that Kentucky team uh, was going to win it all. But you look at what St. Peter's has done. They have done a lot of good things. I don't want to, you know, pour cold water on them here, but they've had some luck too. When you get into that shot quality data, their three NCAA tournament opponents, that being Kentucky, that being Murray state. And of course that being Purdue Friday night, 17 of 60 from the three point line. That is 28.3%. So, you know, Jaden Ivey was only four or 12 from the field, 9.6 turnovers. He picked the worst time to play, arguably his worst game of the season. We know what St. Peter's does. They run that five out kind of spread offense. They're very good at attacking the rim. Uh, you know, finishing at the rim frequency, I think 53%. That's first in college basketball. But, oh, by the way, a lot of those teams that they have played to accumulate that number don't have Armando Baycott right. at, at the rim. So this is going to be a lot different deal. Now, Purdue did have two twin towers, and St. Peter's was able to do it. They run a lot of off-screen uh, action. They run some cutting sets, that five-out set. So very good in the off-screen. And really, that's what won them the Kentucky game. Kentucky was not ready for those backdoor cuts because this is a little bit of a Princeton-esque offense that St. Peter's runs. Mm-hmm. A lot of Princeton motion, but it's not necessarily Princeton in terms of being like super slow, you know, like snail's pace necessarily. They can also hit on catch and shoot. Seventh and catch and shoot shot quality points per possession, 1.21. So this team runs a lot of good stuff, even though the numbers didn't look very good, like when you looked at the Ken Palm. But, you know, it's really the defense that they live on. 24th in defensive efficiency now, 7th in the effective field goal percentage allowed, 44.2%. They do have a three-time defensive player of the year, Casey and Defo, who's got to stay out of foul trouble, by the way, mm-hmm. and and didn't, you know, kind of reach the borderline of that on Friday night. So if North Carolina picks up fouls on that guy, they could arguably eat at the rim. We know they have Baycott. We know they have Brady Manick, the Oklahoma transfer. And Brady Manick, by the way, he doesn't look like a great athlete, and he kind of gets a little lost defensively. But this dude, you get him in the corner, Boy. he can hit threes, and he can also finish at the rim. So, you know, you, North Carolina really doesn't foul a lot either. And St. Peter's is the team I mentioned finishing at the rim. They need to get to the foul line, and that's what won them the game. St. Peter's, I think, was like 19-21 to 21 from the foul line against Purdue, and that proved to be a big difference. But – I wonder the size. Now, the size didn't matter necessarily on Friday night with Purdue against this team. It may matter a little bit more today. And in fact, it, the heels didn't really do a lot with that size against UCLA. It was really Caleb Love right. just going, uh, what was the Iron Eagles line, the uh, famous Mary Tyler Moore theme, Love is all around. <laughs> and it was because he hit a lot of big shots, uh, 6 of 13 from deep, and they needed every single one of them. Now, I think that there could be some regression 
for the North Carolina guards, but I think there could be some positive regression for the North Carolina bigs here. And that's what I think Carolina is going to try to do. They're going to try to get inside at the rim, get to the foul line. That's one of the reasons I like the over. Now, UNC is a faster in tempo, 52nd, St. Peter's 242, but... I went ahead and bet the over. I'm at least going to get a good number. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm going to get a good result necessarily, but you want to beat the closer. And look, if North Carolina fouls St. Peter's, St. Peter's 60 of 73, 82.2% from the line Pretty good. here in the NCAA tournament. So if the shooting's not great, I think we're going to get some shots at the foul line. This could be called a little bit tighter this afternoon. So I do like the over St. Peter's, North Carolina. When we come back, Peter Keating's going to join the program. We'll talk about Cinderella's and whether or not St. Peter's can keep that slipper and see if it still fits today. Good news from Miami. They're going to shoot two free throws when they come back after the under four timeout. The bad news is they're down 70 to 49. Yeah, they need to be shooting about a a 20-point play at some point for the Miami Hurricanes. Rock Chalk Jayhawk about to punch their ticket to the Final Four. Come on back. Betting across America right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack starting lineup, like the Breakfast Baconator, croissant combos, or hot or cold coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends like oven-baked sizzling bacon, freshly cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and simply OJ to bring it all home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. As I look up, Kevin Kisner just missed another birdie putt to win the hole. So Scotty Scheffler remains. Oh, he actually to have the hole. Mm -hmm. Scotty Scheffler goes three up through six. Might have a boat race there. Corey Connors still three up. Uh, in his semifinal match yeah, right now. We got one in Chicago, too. 70-50, to 50, Kansas Rock Chalk Jayhawk all over Miami. 240 to go there. So, so It'll be KU and Villanova Woo! in one of the national semifinals. And are we going to get Duke and Carolina oh, for boy. the first time in the NCAA tournament? Or are we going to get Duke against the greatest Cinderella, the highest seed ever make to Final Four in St. Peter's? Boy, that'll be intriguing. Let's talk more about that with Peter Keating, a college basketball analyst for The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter, at Peter Keating. And Jay, Peter, welcome to the program. Great to have you on. Let's talk about Cinderella. How you guys, how you guys doing? You 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 given you given up on uh, my poor Cinderella, Miami? Huh? We, yeah. <laughs> we are we are officially yeah. waving the white flag there with uh, down twenty here, two and a half <laughs> minutes to go. Uh, but Peter, I wonder about the other underdogs because you do a great job with this, where you try to find the value uh, certainly in those underdogs out there. And your thoughts on some of the Cinderella stories. Is St. Peter's in your estimation? Because, again, George Mason, I covered that team back in 2006 when Jim Laranega took them to the Final Four. My alma mater, VCU, did go to the Final Four as an 11 seed. What do you make of St. Peter's, the first 15 to get to the Elite Eight? Do you think they can take it one step further? You know, the interesting thing about that George Mason team is that there were reasons. If you look back, like back in 2006, there really weren't a lot of advanced analytics, and there weren't a lot of – it wasn't legalized betting (laughs) almost anywhere. and, and there, there weren't many people who thought that upsets were something you could study or predict. Um, now we know a little bit differently. And if you look back at George Mason's stats, they were a really interesting, strong, slow-paced underdog. 
the thing is, there's no rational reason for St. Peter's to be doing <laughs> what, what they're mm-hmm. doing. And any predictive analytics you put together, unless you're just looking at the past couple of games, right, which, which doesn't work throughout history. I mean, it is not true that teams that do particularly well in conference tournaments or that end the regular season on a winning streak, that doesn't typically carry over. Um, for every team that, that you think of, there's teams going the other way. So you can't really just pick a tiny sample of how great they've been playing recently. See, that's who they are, except that does seem to be who they are. They've, their discipline has carried through, their slow pace, their willingness to play inside against teams that should be much better, their willingness to commit a ton of fouls. That may be their actual signature. Like St. Peter's opponent scored the second most points uh, as a proportion of all points on free throws of any team in the country. So they're, they're not afraid to hack away, let you go to the foul line. And, and I think we saw Kentucky, maybe even Purdue, well, Purdue hit their free throws, but Kentucky looked terrified to be losing to a 15 seed, didn't right. they? Yeah, they did. At the free throw line. And the free throw strategy is interesting because every time you send somebody to the line, at least they're not dunking like Kentucky or Purdue tend to do, right? Or at least they're not hitting threes like Murray State did a lot. So um, hacking away is actually an interesting strategy. We haven't really seen a lot before against a very efficient superior opponent. So look, there are reasons. I still have to put them in the category of completely unpredictable. Like nobody, nobody's done this before. So it would have been impossible to predict. I, I also don't think they're a good uh, Duke is a good matchup for them. And I'm, and I'm hoping that I don't, I, you know, I'm talking to you from New Jersey. Okay. Jersey city strong, all that stuff. Um, I, I don't want to see them crushed at the hands of, of coach K on his victory tour. This is totally subjective. So, um, <laughs> but, but, but be that as it may, the numbers just, you know, they didn't think you could continue this far, but I, you know, so they have a better shot against Carolina than we would have thought they had against Kentucky or Purdue. But, um, you know, the, the, the ride really can't last too much longer, according and, to the data, and, as far as I can see. And Peter, when we look what St. Peter's did, one of the surprising things they were able to do, as good as they are defensively, and you pointed out those numbers, Purdue's post uh, play only 0.71 points per possession, PPP on 21 post possessions, and you know, can they do that again really here against North Carolina? Because I'm thinking, you know, Caleb Love did bail that him out with some big threes against UCLA. He was the the star of the show. But I got to think North Carolina, look, you got to go down low to Baycott and Manic if this team is going to foul that often and try to get, you know, try to get to the foul line and just uh, increase your opportunity there. Do you think that this is going to be a guard-driven game plan necessarily from Hubert Davis, or he's going to say, okay, get it to Armando uh, in the post, who was great on the glass against UCLA. Well, look, uh, North Carolina doesn't take all that many threes, but they're good at hitting them. So you, you, you can't just abandon the perimeter. And since you can't abandon the perimeter, um, I think they're going to they're gonna have to work it low. Don't you think? I mean, North Carolina is not turnover prone. They, they grab a lot of offensive boards. They, they're capable of pushing the ball. I mean, they're a very fast-paced team when they want to be, right? So why wouldn't you expect them to come out and just try to jam it as many times as quickly as you can down the Peacocks? Um, what, what should I say? Beaks? Yes, <laughs> yes. right down their uh, beak. That's uh, right. Very good. Uh, yes, <laughs> so, absolutely. I mean, I mean that, would, that would make sense, right? And um, the other thing about that, about just what you said is, Standing around at the beginning of a slow-paced game when you're a big favorite, well, okay, some teams handle that very well, right? But there are teams that 
you know, the deeper you go and the more historic this gets and the slower pace the peacocks are allowed to keep a game, the more it has to creep into their heads, right? So why not come out fast and just go straight for the basket as often as you can? And by the way, if you miss a few layups, if things don't fall your way, don't you think North Carolina is the kind of team that has the confidence to say, well, okay, so we're down six early. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I, I, I don't think it, I don't think it worked out that way for, <laughs> for Kentucky, even though it was a very seesaw game. Um, you know, Kentucky and Murray state combined hit fewer than two thirds of their free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right. And I think that's what the, the analytics say. And sure. you look at what Carolina has done in terms of opponents. They face look against Marquette. That's a big pick and roll reliant team. Mm-hmm. You get a ball screen and ISO team like Baylor. Then you get UCLA that does ISO and mid range. Now you get a St. Peter's team, even though they run a little bit of Princeton S sets, they're a little bit profile like Virginia Tech, which that didn't go well in the ACC no. tournament necessarily for North Carolina. But look, they're going to want to try to get to the foul line and get offensive rebounds as well. But I think to Peter's point, Dave, I don't think Carolina, when you get here to this moment, I don't know if they're going to be as rattled as Kentucky was really in that first game. And Kentucky wasn't ready for that backdoor no. cutting stuff. They were not ready at all. I think Carolina has to be more ready today. I tend to agree with you, gentlemen. And, Peter, let's take another look ahead of what could be a really interesting matchup now that Kansas, by the way, has finished off Miami to get their 16th trip to the Final Four uh, as a blue blood. And I think, you know, Villanova is another blue blood in my estimation, certainly with what Jay Wright has done. What are your initial thoughts there, Peter, as you look at Villanova, uh, a two seed's going to take on Kansas, the one seed in the Final Four? Okay, so first of all, shout out to Miami. Miami and, I, and Iowa State in a year where, apart from St. Peter's, who again, there's, there's, you know, nobody woke up and said St. Peter's is going to do this, right? No. But if you're looking at the numbers to see who might do something, who might be that giant killer that uh, that mucks things up, you know, comes out of nowhere, has heavy guard play, right? Is 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 kind of kind of crazy on the court because they frustrate and harass opponents. Well, Iowa State did that really well, and and Miami did, and there weren't there haven't actually been too many more of those. You know, a lot of the upsets in this tournament have come from kind of fallen or uh, wounded major power programs coming back and coalescing at the right time and beating other major conference programs. Right. So I personally loved watching what Miami did. You know, they ended up not only forcing so many turnovers, which is what they've been aiming to do this year, but also this tournament uh, far better than during the regular season, limiting opponent shots. Right. So the scramble came into full effect and lasted for about 20 minutes today. Right. Um, (laughs) So that's, that's pretty cool. Now, now you have an amazing stylistic clash, right? Coming up between Kansas and, and Villanova. If, if the Kansas has showed up this past couple of hours is the team that shows up. I mean, fast, Ooh. efficient, amassing second chances on, on, on their, on their very few misses because they're just scoring again and again and again in the paint. Um, you know, and, and also Kansas, um, pretty good at, at, at shutting down the opponents on the perimeter uh, opponents take a lot of threes against Kansas, but they don't make many of them. I think they're shooting 30% against Kansas now for the season. So that's going to be a tough team to beat. The, the thing that I love is uh, what a stylistic difference there is between Kansas and Villanova. I mean, you know that Villanova always carries some risk, right? Because mm-hmm. they keep the game slow and they shoot a lot of threes. And so They've had a couple of second round exits to go along with a couple of national championships, right? So they're, they, they, they operate almost as a 
very high functioning underdog, right? right? I mean, they take smart chances, they play slow, they know what they're doing. Um, they're almost like a Superman version of a giant killer, <laughs> right? So um, the crazy thing is, in our model, right, we build a statistical model, the first thing we do is we rate the teams um, so that we can figure out whether they're overperforming or underperforming, right? Peter, right I, now. I, sorry, we got to cut it short. We got to go up against a break. Really appreciate Peter Keating's insight as always. Come on back. It is Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Make your first wager and win big during BetMGM's March matchups. Download the BetMGM app, place a $10 money line wager on any college tournament game. And if the team hits a three-pointer during the tournament, you're going to win 200 bucks in free bets. Just use the code MM200 when you register. Plus, you're going to earn BetMGM rewards points that can be redeemed for online bonuses or converted into comps at MGM Resort. Sign up today. Use the code MM200 to win 200 bucks in free bets if any team hits a three-pointer during BetMGM's March matchup. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued. Is now withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1 800 Gambler. Promotional offer not available in Nevada or Mississippi. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. And we're almost set. One more game to go to determine who is going to be in the Final Four. That, of course, would be St. Pete's against UNC. But Rock Chalk Jayhawk, congratulations. 16th time in school mm-hmm. history. They are moving on to the Final Four with an absolutely dominating second half against Miami. Remember, they were down six in that game and came back and won by, what, 26? Yes. Yeah, so uh, our second half gets their uh, KU minus four pretty easily. We are getting numbers, by the way. BetMGM, three and a half. I believe 131 and a half on the total for Kansas Villanova next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're seeing uh, some fours in terms of some faraway places as well. Of course, uh, Villanova. Justin Moore with that leg injury uh, listed officially as doubtful. I don't know. Have you seen if he's confirmed as officially out for next Saturday? I have not. But by the way, this is a Villanova team that, you know, really shortens up its rotation, of course. Uh, So, you know, they only play pretty much six guys. So they're going to have to dig into somebody off the bench with uh, Justin Moore being out. And we know even Colin Gillespie going into yesterday. He was kind of hobbling around at the end of the uh, he was. Uh, of the uh, Michigan game on Thursday night. But nevertheless, uh, Gillespie obviously was uh, pretty solid. Not big numbers, only six points and five rebounds. It was really Samuels and Caleb Daniels off the bench that, that carried the day. But, yeah, this is a short bench Villanova team. So, obviously, you would need Justin Moore. And I think that's why you see KU as that big of a favorite where they're as high as four in terms of the faraway places. He's getting an MRI, we're being told, when he gets back yeah. to school. So no word yet on his status for Saturday. You know, when you look at this number, as we get our initial thoughts here, as we look ahead to Villanova and Kansas next week, I kind of feel like the blueprint was just set in the Miami game, which mm-hmm. is when Miami dictated and controlled tempo in the first half, they led by six. Yeah. When they couldn't control tempo and turn right. it over in the second half, Kansas gets out and runs and gets easy buckets in a dominating second half. If you're Jay Wright, yeah. if you're Colin Gillespie, you have to think the way that you attack them is tempo. Yeah. And i.e., you would keep that 
that pace slow. Yeah, and Villanova can absolutely do that, and I think that they're going to have to. That's a, It's different to uh, control pace against Miami, I'll, you know, with their nice run here mm-hmm. to the Elite Eight than it is to Villanova, and you saw it yesterday, 345 in tempo, and that game 50 to 44 didn't even approach 100 points because I was like, ah, should I bet the under? It looks too easy, and I ended up laying off that total, went down to like 127, never even approached it. I mean, you look at the defense in this game, Houston, 0.76 points per possession, Villanova, 0.86, so not all that much better. So when you're under one point per possession, that's not considered good offense or that's really great defense on the other side. We know Villanova from the foul line, by the way, 15 of 15 yesterday. They are on their That's, way to being the greatest foul shooting team in the history of college basketball. So if it's a close game at the foul line, that's going to help. And also what really helped Villanova yesterday, Houston, one of 25% from three-point range. And wow. a lot of that was predicated, I think, on Villanova's defense. No and I know we didn't get to really get into Villanova at the top of the show, but it was like, they're just such a culture program. And that's what I've said, you know, on VSIN and why people ask, okay, what one coach would you take? It would be Jay Wright because they're such a culture program because they're about business. They get it on, they get it done on and off the court. And you could tell how professional they are. Uh, I retweeted a tweet last night from my buddy, Jay Query, who hosts the morning show on WFNI in Indianapolis, 107.5, the fan. And he does the morning show in Indy and he asked some hotel employees. Cause if you remember last year in Indianapolis, a lot of the teams, they were in the bubble and a lot of them stayed at the hotel. So what he did is he asked some questions of some hotel employees, you know, who were the nicest guys in terms of who were the ones that were, you know, the classiest and mm-hmm. treated you guys as staff, whether it's front desk or restaurant employees or whatever. And you know what? They all said Villanova. It was hmm. consensus. They were polite. They were professional. They were clean. They were good guys, uh, you know, appreciative, accommodating. And that speaks to Jay Wright as a coach. And yes. I think that speaks to a program culture. It's like, we're going to be men, guys, and we're going to conduct ourselves as men. And that's why it's so hard. And you saw it play out yesterday. You didn't really want to get in front of Houston because they were such a buzzsaw. But you didn't want to lay points to Jay Wright, and now no. here you have a chance. You're going to be doing it again with KU minus three and a half. And I'll be taking those points. I'll be curious because you and I do this exercise, certainly in the NFL. Where do you think the money will go during the week? Like, if you want to hop on Villanova, would you be more apt to take it now at three and a half, or do you think you might even get more? Uh, I don't know if you'll get that much more of four. I think that you'll probably get some buyback because of what I just said. It's like, oh, my God, you're giving me arguably the best coach in college basketball, and he would certainly be my vote, Uh you know, and you're giving me points against, you know, and and I don't think Bill Self is a bad coach. I think, you know, he, you know, because when you have some flameouts in the NCAA tournament and because when you're Bill Self, you're always getting some of the most talent in the country. When you're Kansas, when you're Duke, when you're Kentucky, and look, Villanova gets their fair share of talent. It's not like they're getting you and me from the Y or something to be scholarship players. <laughs> well, they'd but, be lucky if they but, did. But, you know, he's Jay Wright's gotten five stars, too. He's been there 20 years. I think he's gotten one on average of, like, every two years. I think he has nine over 20 years. But he gets really good four-star guys that rank 30th to 100 nationally, mm-hmm. and he produces. And actually, some of his best NBA players were only, like, three-star guys that were rated, like, 130, I, I think, uh, what's the kid, uh, Cunningham was like 200. Right. Sadiq Bey, who's killing it for the Pistons right now, he was in like the 130 to 150 range. So he gets the most out of his talent. And now Jay Wright, his fourth Final Four, by the way, with Villanova, the, all three previously featured both North Carolina and Kansas. 
So very familiar matchups here if we get it between the two. But, yeah, I don't know how much more North it's going to go with four. I think uh, the Justin Moore, I don't expect it to be confirmed. You know, I expect that to be the proverbial game time decision. Right. So it depends on if it's not and if it's released, then maybe that could go a little bit north of four. But I think you're going to get buyback right away. Uh, and it will be interesting, too, when you see that total. Because, boy, if you took the the over in the rock fight against Houston, you never had a shot at it. And, again, Villanova feels like an under team. They had a, an over in the first half against Ohio State. If you remember, they had pace in that game. Then the second half it's slowed down again. Mm-hmm. So it, to me, it's it's a hard one to quantify at 131 and a half. These first half unders do feel trendy yeah. so far in the NCAA tournament. But again, in the Final Four, a cavernous arena, yeah. kind of get you'll, used to you'll, the you'll see You'll see more of them, by the way. I think it's 10 and 1 now in the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16. Uh, by the way, we still have one more to add or perhaps subtract from that. North Car- or St. Peter's in North Carolina. I'm seeing at BetMGM 64 and a half. There are some 65s out there. I did play the full game over at 136 and a half, and now starting to see some 139s. I think some late over money uh-huh. coming in. So I don't know if it's like, oh, it's a do factor. I just went kind of by the matchups and what they're going to do schematically. I think both of these teams going to get to the foul line, and I think that this could be called very tightly tonight. Uh, to be, you know, with this crew, so. You know, if the Carolina shooting regresses a little bit from three and Caleb Love doesn't go six of 13 from outside, you kind of anticipate that that may happen. But this isn't a Carolina team. Even though they shoot an okay percentage, they don't take a lot of threes. No. They're going to try to drive to the rim, and they're going to try to get Baycott and Manic involved. And, you know, if St. Peter's gets a little handsy, they're going to put them on the foul line. And then what that means is obviously you got to go with backups defensively if, like, somebody like Indefo, the Mac three-time player of the year, of course. Uh, If he's going to be out with foul trouble, then they're going to attack even more. So I do think this goes over. I think Carolina, I don't don't know if they smash this team. I don't know what to do as a side. I don't think they necessarily smash this team, but I think they have enough distance where maybe it's like, okay, we're comfortable enough to where we don't think we're going to lose the game. So what happens when you have that margin, you don't have the urgency necessarily defensively. Right. So this might be like, okay, let's, let's you know, just play. Let's just ball. And that's kind of what Carolina has done over the years. All right, so they're getting ready to tip in about 10 minutes in that game. So we're going to get you all ready for St. Peter's against UNC. The last trip to the Final Four is on the line there. In the match plays, really not a lot of drama so far as we're getting around the turn here at the WGC. Again, Scotty Scheffler, what's on the line for him is if he wins, he will be the number one ranked player in the world. And again, just for a little bit of context, Phil Mickelson in his Hall of Fame career never ascended to number one at any point over the last 30 years. So to do that at this young age would be quite the uh, feather in his cap. And right now he's got a stranglehold on this finals match. He's up three against Kevin Kisner as they're getting ready to play the ninth hole. He's got a short par putt to remain up three on eight. So as long as he can navigate that, it's looking pretty good for Scotty Scheffler. Not so good for my Kevin Kisner finals ticket. Come on back. Much more to get to. It is Betting Across America right here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. 